to the Multiply Church Podcast. This is a podcast all about multiplication, about how to make and multiply disciples in the local church. What is up, everybody? My name is Adam. I am your host for today and also the lead pastor of Multiply Church, the name that this podcast comes from. So what is up? Jesse Slinkman is on the podcast today, my wonderful, amazing co-host that we have, uh, our worship pastor at Multiply Church. What's up, man? It's good to be on again. Um, third time's the charm. So if the, Sounds good. the first two, if the first two didn't maybe land as well, this one, this one definitely will. <laughs> it's, it has to, right? This is, this is going to be like our, um, I think our 12th episode. So that's a dozen that's that we're double digits. So we better know what we're nice. talking about. It's better than the last one where I was just randomly talking about random stuff that had nothing to do with my podcast in the beginning, but this intro question is going to have to do everything with what we're going to talk about today. Cause we're talking about worship. And so I wanted to start with this question, Jesse, what is your favorite worship song? Oh, that's what you didn't want to tell me ahead of time. You're going to make, well, I have, other things that I've, I have other uh, questions that you don't know. I'm going to ask. This is going to be good, but no, that one, that one's a freebie, man. That was easy, right? Come on on the spot. Okay. I don't know if I can pick just one. I think I have <laughs> really to say just... at least a couple. Okay. Um, man, it's so funny. I used to keep a note in my phone. I don't know if I still have it. I used to keep a note in my phone of just some of my favorite worship songs, as dumb as it sounds, so that I wouldn't forget them, which sounds like ironic or kind of backwards. Like, how can you forget your favorite worship songs? But I think it kind of depends about time period, right? Like I have like my favorite, like growing up, right? Like, um, I saw a video the other day that kind of was talking about some of the, uh, the, uh, like worship songs of my childhood. And I was like, Oh man, these were, I mean, I always poke fun at like things like days of Elijah. Cause that's what we sang like all the time growing up was days of Elijah. And like, we sang a, a bunch of like, song, revelation song. That was more like college age, but like, those are good songs, but, um, I don't even know if I have a favorite worship song. So if you don't have one, that's fine. You know, maybe you got one, maybe you got one that you like right now. No, I do. I do have some like tried and true ones that I do love. Um, so like here for you, from a couple years ago. I mm-hmm. mean, that's probably from like 10 years ago at this point, more than a couple years dating myself, but yeah, here for you is definitely one of my favorites just cause it's so invitational, which mm-hmm. we'll get to actually a little bit later on when we talk about our worship philosophy in this podcast. I love that one. Recently I've been singing, um, uh, the hymn when I survey, mm. that's one of my favorites. When I survey the wondrous cross. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Cool. I mean, when you actually just like read the words to that sure. song, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. You know? Mm. Yeah. Like we don't write worship songs like that anymore, you know. At least I don't think we write worship sure. songs with sure. that. Some which we might get depth. to this later a little bit. It was some for good reasons and some for not so good reasons. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I guess those are, those are two that just no, yeah, that's good. bubble up when I think of some of my favorite worship songs. See, if you had prepped me ahead of time, I could have told you <laughs> one of my deepest, my absolute deepest, most heartfelt. No, it's fine. Well, whoever has, songs. maybe who's listening, maybe you guys have your favorite worship song. So shoot us your favorite worship song. I'm sure Jesse will take all his, um, everybody's, uh, you know, requests and we will sing them in a worship service. I'm kidding. He probably won't do that. He'll file those away in his 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 file folder right um but anyways i just wanted to you know have a good you know first question but we are talking about the worship book today of or, the book whole of book psalms. of psalms yeah that's my favorite worship. that's your favorite worship yeah. that's good that's, that's my word. that's my sunday school bible answer there you go exactly 
Well, this does kick off the topic because we are talking about worship. We're continuing on our topic from a couple weeks ago when we talked about uh, specifically genuine worship, our core value at Multiply Church, um, worshiping both in spirit and in truth, living a life of spirit of worship in spirit and in truth. That's kind of how we talked about it. We laid a good foundation a couple weeks ago, and now we're going to kind of just continue on, but we're going to get a little bit more practical. We're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of how that is played out in our lives, specifically within Multiply Church, but then also like what is worship in regards to singing, right? That's a huge part of it. And so we want to talk about um, uh, the the singing element of the gathered church. And so Jesse, I'm going to let you take this and I really don't even have a question for you. All I'm all my question is like, what is, what does it look like? What is worship practically, li- you know, lived out in multiple years? What does that look like? However you want to take that question, wherever you want to start, just go for it. So, yeah. So last week we talked about what does it look like to live a life of worship? And really the definition of that comes down to what you just said, spirit and in truth and further emphasized by what Paul says in Romans that we are, our spiritual act of worship is being a living sacrifice to the Lord, right? No longer do we bring sacrifices to a temple. No longer do we offer any physical thing for our worship, but it's our life. It's, it's our entire life is a sacrifice before God. That's kind of the theology of worship in a, in a personal sense. So this week, like you said, we're going to talk about what is that worship? What does that worship look like in a corporate sense? What does it look like in terms of, Um, like when the body of Christ comes together, what does worship look like? And specifically, what does it look like at multiply church? Um, so I'll just kind of dive right into it by saying, um, I think a lot of times when I'll say this myself, there was a point in my life in my younger years when I would kind of plan worship sets a bit aimlessly, right? I would just plan worship songs because either I thought they were good or I liked them or I thought other people liked them or for a variety of reasons that really were not the best reasons to be picking worship Mm -hmm. songs in a set. And then um, I was introduced to kind of a philosophy and it's really simple when you think about it. And I don't know why I didn't think about it before a philosophy of leading worship that is, um, destinational, meaning, I don't even know if that's a word, but meaning that there's a destination in mind when we're, when we're singing that when we come together and when we worship the Lord corporately as a body, when we come together to sing, that there's a purpose to it that we're moving towards. It's not just kind of hopping from one song to the next because the worship leader liked it or because someone requested it or because that's the new song to be doing, you know, I think that's kind of a poor way to plan a worship set and self-admittedly, that's how I plan worship sets for a long time. That's what I did. Um, but then I was kind of introduced to this idea of having a destination in our worship, having a place that we are going to. Um, so we'll start with this verse to kind of lay the framework for that. Um, I've just got a couple of passages of scripture that we'll look at to kind of show this. Um, the foundational passage for, um, how we want to think about worship corporately, like we've talked about the spirit and truth that's living a life of worship. But when we talk about worshiping corporately, we're going to look at Psalm 96 
and it's verses seven and eight. Um, and there's a key word that's repeated several times in this passage that really defines what we, what I want our worship to be like and multiply church. So I'll read Psalm 96 verses seven and eight, just two verses. It says this, it says, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. So when we think about this word ascribe, right, that's clearly the word that I was referencing earlier and talks, it mentions it three times in the passage, this word ascribe. Um, a lot of people don't know what that means. And I find that the easiest way to, just, to describe what that word means is to say what its opposite is. When you subscribe to something, it means you get something. So when you subscribe to Netflix, you're getting a service. When you subscribe to a magazine, you're being provided a product. When we ascribe something, we're giving something away, right? We're not getting something, we're giving something. And so when it says ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, it means give it to him. Give him the glory that's due his name. Give him the honor and the worship and the, the offering of our lives that he is, that he's worthy of. Um, that's really what the heart of our worship ministry is driving for. It's yes, we want to talk about certain things in worship. We want to talk about how much we need the Lord. We want to talk about uh, the things he's done for us in our lives, but the destination, the purpose that we're moving towards in every worship set is ascribing or giving to God the glory that he's due. Now, how does that play out practically, right? Um, when we put together worship sets, and actually when we're just looking at the songs that we do in general at Multiply Church, we categorize them into different, into different categories. So those categories, yeah, to be redundant, um, those categories <laughs> I wasn't going to say are, anything. It's fine. We can categorize things in categories. It's good. Yeah, categorize them. I, and I couldn't think of a better word to say yeah, after it that. it works. But the main categories we work with are called um, either gathering, testimony, or ascriptive. Coming from that word we just saw in Psalm 96, ascribe, ascriptive. So gathering songs do just that. They call us to worship the Lord. They call us to sing. They call us to praise him. They will speak of who he is. Yes. But generally the main thrusts of these songs are going to be us coming together, us preparing our hearts to worship him. So the song I referenced earlier here for you, right? If someone were to go, if someone were to Google, go Google the lyrics of that song, it's very invitational, right? And I think it starts with let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be the sign that we're here for you. Those type of lyrics remind us why we're here. Remind us what our purpose is, that that's how we start our worship services with that gathering element. Mm -hmm. Why are we here? What are we doing? Let's focus our hearts. Let's remind our souls of what it is that we want to do when we come together. And that is to praise him. So we remind ourselves why we're here. And then we move to the next category, which I mentioned is testimony. This is where we're singing of either what God has done in our lives, 
in the past or what he's doing in our lives right now. So example of this might be um, something like uh, to use a really popular song like, uh, yes, I will. You know, I count on one thing, the same God who never fails. He won't fail me now. So yes, I will. I'll lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will. Bless your name. Um, I'll sing for joy when my heart is heavy, right? It's talking about, um, it's talking about how God has worked in our lives and how we're going to respond to that. That's a testimony song. The last category, the ascriptive category is always less about us and it's more about him. So good example of this, a straightforward example of this would be how great is our God, right? He's the name above our name above all names. My heart will sing. How great is our God? He's the Godhead three in one father, spirit, son. It's purely and, and most mostly driven about who God is. And that's what I would define as ascribing to the Lord, the glory to his name. Um, this kind of follows the pattern that in the Old Testament Jews would follow as they were to go up to the temple. They had these songs of ascent where they would be reminding each other why we're singing. So I think it's Psalm 92. Uh, I think it's Psalm 92. It says, you know, it's good to praise the Lord. It's good to give thanks to his name. They're reminding each other and themselves of why they're there. So we can see even in the Psalms, there's certain categories that the Psalms use. You know, a lot of times the Psalms can be very introspective and they're, they're testimonial. They're talking about how God has worked in the Psalmist's life. So I would say that this isn't a framework that has to be followed. I have just found it to be one that's incredibly helpful and incredibly useful in helping us get to a destination. And so somebody might push back and say, well, why can't my destination be different than yours? I would say that really whatever methodology you follow in worship, that, that can kind of be free flowing. But at Multiply Church, we believe biblically the destination of worship should always be glory to God. Someone might say, well, why? Why do you believe that that's the destination? Why can't I have a different destination in my worship sets? And I would point them to Revelation 5. And so this is really um, where we try to get to at every point, not at every point, at, at some point in every in every worship set, we need to have a place where we are giving glory to God um, for who he is and for what he's done. And I would describe this landing place in our worship set, this ascriptive place as the, the foot of the cross and the foot of the throne, right? So we are either singing gospel truths about how Jesus has saved us or how worthy he is because he saved us. And a lot of times those are one and the same. If we look at a song like another popular example, Oh, praise the name. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. Oh, praise the name of the Lord, our God, praise his name forevermore for endless days. We'll sing your praise. It's just giving God that worship. It's giving him that honor and the glory. Um, Revelation five, verse nine this is John seeing a vision of, um, of the lamb, right? This is Jesus, the lamb of God. And um, 
the angels and the saints sing around him. They say this song. So verse nine of chapter five, they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed a people for God. And John is seeing this. Um, he's got this window into heaven and he's seeing what is happening constantly. And it's this glory and praise to Jesus because of the cross, because of Calvary, because of the truth of the gospel. And so that's why we believe that eternity will be filled with this song. And so we want to be singing it here and now. And that's where we want to be going in every worship set. Now, how we get there might look different. It might be different, you know, Sunday to Sunday, or we meet on Saturdays, but you know, weekend to weekend, it might look different. There's a lot of ways, a lot of times to get to a destination. You know, I might plug into an address. I might plug an address in my phone and my wife's phone. It might take me two different ways to get there, but ultimately the destination is the same. And this is where we're going. It's revelation five. It's at the foot of the throne um, and the foot of the cross. It's the gospel and how worthy Jesus is because of that. So I know that was a lot, but that's kind of the overall framework that we're going for in any worship set that we plan. So for example, we won't, this isn't really an example, but we won't ever have a worship set that doesn't get us to a place where we're taking our eyes off ourselves and fixing them on the glory of Christ and responding to that. Mm. So whether that's in um, a particular song, whether that's in a reading of scripture, whether that's even at a place where maybe, you know, Adam, you're getting us to that place in your sermon. We're always getting to that place at, at some point, no matter what. Um, because again, that's the eternal song. And so we want to be singing that now before we get to eternity. Mm. So I know that's a lot. That's so Adam, you know. can kind of respond to that. Maybe you had scriptures <laughs> that come to mind or thoughts that came to your mind, but that's kind I mean, of an overall framework for how we do worship mm-hmm. at multiply church corporately. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it's a good overview of kind of how we do things. And, you know, and for someone who's listening to this, maybe you're a part of our church and you've never heard it explained like that. I think that's, it's a cool way to, yeah, just kind of really, you know, broad stroke kind of what we do. And to be honest, before I came to our Sydney Church Cormdeo in Devonport, I really didn't have a category for any of this. Like all this was very, very new to me when I was sitting out with you and Cody in your office and you guys were explaining this to me. It was just like, like what? Like I just, my mind was blown. But once I got to a place of like understanding what this was, it was so like eye-opening. It was so like, you know, revelatory. Like I just like, I was like, oh my goodness, like you're right. Like this is the place we're supposed to get to. This the word ascribe, like, yes, like I've read it before in scripture, but like I never thought about it in terms of a worship set, or, uh, you know, selecting worship songs of like this is getting to us, getting us to a place to ascribe worth to the Lord. And and so for me, this was a this was a huge paradigm shift for me. It it really it changed. I would, I, you know, I, I tell people all this all the time, but like really Jesse and, you know, the worship industry of Coram Deo changed the trajectory of the way that I view worship um, for the better. Um, it allowed me to see what worship is um, when we talk about singing um, and 
and for me, like I said, it really, it opened my eyes to like, why we sing the songs that we do, because I, I was in the same boat. You were like growing up in, in, in college, right. Student ministry or anything too, in high school, like you pick songs because it's popular. You're playing the Caleb, you know, tunes because you like it, which is good, but it makes like, once you see like the work that a worship pastor does, you're like, man, he puts a lot of time and effort into getting us to this place of total, um, uh, turning, if you will, this, you know, this, our heart directed towards, towards Christ. And when you were talking, it made me think of kind of the couple of phrases that we use in our church, um, which I don't know if you're going to get to or not, but like we use these phrases a lot and you mentioned them a lot in our worship sets is that we, you know, every time we worship our desire is to celebrate the gospel and is to magnify Christ. And I love those two phrases because, um, it paints a picture of what worship is. It should be celebratory. You are praising the name. Like you mentioned, it should be something that you are excited about. Um, and then it's all about exalting Christ. If we never, if we never mentioned Jesus in his gospel in a worship set or in a, in a sermon, um, we are no longer the church of Jesus Christ. And so like, we have to get to a place where we are magnifying his name. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, I love the way that you categorize because it just really, it puts things in such good perspective, I think for me, let me ask you this question. Um, is there, before, um, before you do, I just sure, want to emphasize what you said that even in what you just said, because that is like the foundation, two phrases we use a lot in our worship, like for our worship ministry in general, kind of a, for lack of a better term, a tagline, you know, celebrating the gospel of Jesus Christ and magnifying Jesus Christ. Right. But that falls right in line with what we see in revelation, right? They're celebrating the gospel. And in doing that, they're magnifying him. Like Mm. that word magnifying is such a great word. You know, what does it mean to magnify something? It's like to, to see it more like in your mind's eye, right? That that's what, that's what it means to, to magnify something. Like you see more of it. You're more enveloped in it. You're studying it more, right? Like that's why you magnify something because you want to see it more and more. And that really, again, those, those two phrases correlate perfectly with where we're trying to get every weekend. It's to see the beauty of the gospel and how worthy Jesus is because of it. Right. So you can go ahead with your question. I just wanted to say that yeah, it, no, it, it correlates good. perfectly. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think, yeah, the, the, my question is kind of, it's probably like 18 fold question. Like we probably could answer it in different ways, but, um, you mentioned, you know, getting, you know, getting us to that place, but going in different directions or like doing different things. And I think each worship set is different, right? Like we might have in a specific worship set, a moment of like, just, like a little bit more somber, a little bit more like introspective, like we might read a passage of scripture that like, um, talks about, you know, our sin or something like that, but it's, it's getting us eventually to a place. Like you don't want to just sit in like an entire worship service. Can't just be like, just lament all the time. Like we we do have those, I mean, good Friday in a sense is maybe a service of lament. And when I use that word, we can kind of talk a little bit about that, but like, um, but Sunday's coming, right. The celebration is coming, right. We might sit in the lament for a minute, but we got to get to the celebratory. We got to get to the magnifying. We got to get to the ascription. Um, so one of my questions was like, what is the place of lament in scripture? Because we don't really talk about that very much. And how would you even describe that? Because you see that a lot in the Psalms, you see all of this other stuff, but you also see the moments of like, man, my life stinks. It's hard. God, you know, you're going to, those types of things. Like, how do you think that plays a role in, in a worship set? I think the most obvious thing that comes to my mind is communion, whether you're a church that does communion mm. every week or like we do like once a month, once every six weeks, 
that's a big, I think that's a, can be a good place for it. Um, because that is a time where we're supposed to be remembering, right? We're supposed to be remembering what Christ has done. And along with that comes the remembrance of, of our sin, right? And, and repenting over that, lamenting over that. Um, I think whenever we look at the cross, whenever we look at the cross, we should see both the love that Christ showed for us and also the depth of our own sin. So when we think of a song like um, In Christ Alone, right? It's like one of the few songs that mentions the wrath of God was satisfied, right? Well, why was God's wrath necessary? It was because of it was because of our sin. On that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Um, it was because of everything that we have done. So when we sing a lyric like that, um, there's opportunities where you know we don't necessarily want to just glaze over that mm-hmm. because it's an easy thing to glaze over and. I will freely admit that we don't lament enough, right? We don't mourn over our sin enough. Um, I think whether that's in our church or just in my own life, in the Western church in general, like we don't, we don't lament like David did in Psalm 51, you know, um, we don't do that enough. And so I think that there is, obviously a place for that in our worship sets. I think that would fall into kind of the testimony category Mm -hmm. of saying, man, this is who I was. I was a sinner, um, but I've been saved by the grace of God. And now I want to, I want to respond to him. I want to Mm -hmm. give him glory. Yeah. That's kind of the trajectory of all of our worship. Yeah. Not that it's a hard, it's not a hard and fast rule. Like I said, there's different ways to get to the same address, but you might see different things, you know, week to week as you're getting to the destination, but. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like, it, it depends, right. I, it's a phrase that I've used before, right. Sometimes we don't know how good the good news is until you realize how bad the bad news is. And sometimes I think you don't, you don't get to how great and celebratory the gospel is unless you have sat in, um, you know, the, the, the testimony parts of a worship service of just like realizing it was my sin that put him there, you know, and then, then you get to the man, praise the Lord that you have paid that, you know, it's, it's those moments that I think, um, we don't think about when we're in a worship set. That's why I bring it up because of like, yeah, you know, you can get into a, a worship set where you're just, you know, you're having a good time, you're praising the Lord, but there's, a, there's elements that we, we, put strategically so that you can reflect on sin. Like you're saying testimony, reflect on your past. Um, those types of things that are drawing us eventually to lay it before the cross and to say, God, you're worthy uh, to be worshiped. Um, so that's kind of why I bring it up. Um, well, it's good. I mean, so a couple of years ago at our previous church, um, the other worship leader and I, Cody and I, we felt this need for on a good Friday service. We were like, we don't have any, we don't have any songs that really talk about sin about how we've strayed from God, about how we rebel against God, how we need his forgiveness to wash us clean. So we were like, well, we have to write one. We need a song that talks about sin and there's just not. So I think that just kind of shows that there's, there's not a lot of uh, grieving over iniquities, Mm -hmm. right? There's not a lot of grieving over the way that we, the ways that we violate God and, and his law. 
and it should, right? Like we were talking last week, worshiping in spirit and in truth. Well, we, we're not worshiping anymore by offering sacrifices and and offerings. We're worshiping because worshiping by spirit and truth because God has written his he's written his law on our hearts, right? He's written his Torah on our hearts. And so when we break that, when we break his law, it should break our heart. Right. And so we should have a place in our service in our services where we are where we are recognizing our own sin and repenting of that, but yet turning to Jesus as the as the as the forgiver, as the redeemer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, we have to have it. We have to have it. I mean, if we're going to communicate the gospel, that's a that's a massive part of the gospel. Um, you, you know, like I said, you can't have the good news without the bad news. Um, and so, yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, I think this is going to be another, this might be a part three because I didn't even get to some of the good stuff I wanted to talk about and we're already at 30 minutes. And so, um, how about one more question? What, how about one more question? Okay. (laughs) What's your question? Oh no. I thought you were going to ask me a question. Well, I have plenty of questions, but do you have something you want to end or like kind of cap this one? And then the next one, I really want to talk about some practical stuff because I got some, I got some thoughts specifically about worship songs that I, and I know you do, you're very passionate about picking certain worship songs. I want to get there, but we're going to have to do a third one. So do you have anything to kind of wrap this one up? I would, I would just ask, I think just from the senior pastor perspective, what is your, what, what, fuels you during our times of worship? Like if you had to look at one of those categories, um, I mean, what, what, um, yeah. What fuels you during our times of worship? Or maybe it's not a particular song. Maybe it's, I don't know, something else. Like Mm -hmm. um, what's invigorating for you about our worship services, you know, um, as the, as the, (laughs) as the lead yeah. worshiper. Did I, did I call you senior pastor? I meant to say lead pastor. It's fine. I'm not so used senior. to saying senior pastor, <laughs> lead pastor, yeah. but like, no, that's a great what question. About yeah. Our worship. Yeah. What about our worship, you know, invigorates and excites and, and compels you to keep, you know, doing what, what you do. Yeah. I have a couple answers, but I want to say first to, I, you know, Jesse does, I mean, you do such an incredible job of getting us to this place. And I think even just how you laid it out, like you don't realize you're doing this when you're in a worship set because you're just taking us on that journey. You're taking on us on that place. And so just kudos to you, man. Like you, you've shown me so much about worship and worship ministry over the course of these last couple of years. And so, um, I just wanted to mention that, but yeah, I think for, for us, um, like for me, I think there's two things that probably get me the most when we're talking about singing and worship, um, songs, um, I would say it's definitely the ascription for sure of just the moments of like, um, total, um, that total hand raising moments of just like, it is just me and God right now. Um, you know, and coming out, especially coming out of a worship or out of a, a sermon, um, I think for me, I'd love the songs leading up to worship because obviously they get my heart ready. They get my heart prepared to deliver God's word, which is an act of worship. That is not, a, I mean, I mentioned that several times before in our services that we're continuing in worship when we get up and preach. Um, but for me, obviously the beginning songs are great. Those first three, four songs that lead us to that place of opening God's word. But the the thing I'd love the most is how we handle our closing song. Um, 
to me, the function of a good closing. So when I say closing song for you, you're not familiar, it's the song after the, the, uh, the sermon, um, the song we end on, um, the way that I describe it to people, and I don't know if you would describe it this way, but I describe it as the exclamation point to God's word. It's the, it's the, um, like reverberation of a symbol that just keeps going. Like God's word was just proclaimed and it is just another note that is just putting a, an exclamation point on the end of it. And I think I, I always view, um, this is why I take closing times very, very seriously. And this is why I try to like give <laughs> give Jesse as much thoughts that I have, if I have any on like what I would like to see in a closing song, because I think it's a continuation of the sermon. Actually. Um, it actually helps with application. Um, I've preached sermons before where I felt like that was a total dud and but the song was so well positioned that it made some elements in God's word come alive. Um, I mean, that's happened so many times where I've been preaching and then you, 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 you hit this song that right after, and it's like, wow, that just amplified that passage even more. And so to me, it's the closing song that gets me every time, every single time. It's probably because I just, you know, preached, I'm tired and, and I'm just like gave myself, you know, to the Lord in that sense. But I, that's my favorite part of worship service. Cause I think it is the absolute exclamation point to, um, to a sermon. And then the second thing, cause I want to get your thoughts on that. The second thing I would say is the moments that probably make me more, um, reflective are the moments when I'm singing a song where the words don't necessarily match the, um, position of my heart. Um, so it's almost aspirational in a sense. Um, so like take, take a yes, I will. Um, sometimes no, we don't <laughs> like, let's just use it in that. Term. Sometimes we just don't want to, but a song like, yes, I will, or a song like I'll follow you anywhere. Um, sometimes we have to sing those types of songs. We have to read those types of passages because our heart is not in a place where we do want to follow you anywhere. And so we're saying in almost a confessional manner, God, I want this to be true. Would you, would you make my yes be yes? Would you, would you allow my heart to say, yes, I will. Um, I'll follow you anywhere, wherever you go. I'll go to the ends of the earth if that's where you want me to go. But sometimes it's not where our hearts are at. And I think a good worship song um, can bring us to a point of recognizing that and then asking the Lord to do the work that he does in our hearts. And so there is this kind of like confessional aspirational, like, I want this to be true. God, would you make this true in my heart? And I think that can happen anywhere in the service from the beginning or the close, especially in a closing song too, of just saying like, this was just preached. I've got a lot of work to do. There's some good application. And so I'm seeing this in response, but God, would you do the work in me? Um, so those were kind of a couple answers. I was probably a lot longer answer than you wanted, but. Um. No, I think, I think that's great. I agree with you that when a closing song just nails exactly and corresponds perfectly with what God's word is communicating to us. I think there's just something really beautiful in that moment because it can, it can, it, it, it sends you off in a way that like that really cements those truths into your heart in a way and you leave singing a song but learning and wanting to apply a truth in your life mm. so i agree with you there's just nothing there's just nothing better than when you're able to respond in in a really pointed way to the truth that the spirit was speaking i mean to you as the lead pastor and then to us as the people hearing god's word um yeah. I think there's just something so special about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, worship ministry, worship songs, um, it's a big category and it's a lot we're talking about. Um, but I think you guys get the point that 
you know, this is about the Lord. This is about Christ. Um, I'm dipping into a little bit what I want to talk about next, but um, yes, there's a moment to look at ourselves, I think in worship a little bit. I do think that. Um, so you can give me the emails if you want, but um, I think there is a point to that, but it doesn't, it's got to get me to a point where my total fixation is upon the cross and upon Christ. And I think that's what we mean when we say we want to celebrate the cosmos, we want to magnify Christ. And so I guess in a nutshell, that's kind of a little bit of an overview, some of the peek behind the curtain, a little bit of what happens in a worship ministry. So um, I think we'll call it, quits on that one, Jesse, unless you got a final word on this, but we will also continue it in our part three on worship. <laughs> well, I mean, I think John the Baptist said it the best, right? John three thirty. he must become greater. I must become less. Like that's really, if you had to say it in a sentence, that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great passage to end on. So um, I hope that's the cry of your heart listener that you would decrease and that he would increase whether you are in the gathered church singing on Sunday morning, whether you're at home right now, listening to this or whatever. Um, let that be the cry, the worship of your heart that you must decrease and he must increase. Um, so uh, that'll be it for us today on the Multiply Church podcast. If you want to head over to wherever you get this podcast and uh, subscribe, rate, review, I don't know, you don't even have to, it's fine. Just just keep listening to us because we have a lot of content to keep doing. Uh, we will continue on with our part three um, as a teaser. We're going to talk about more about worship, but I just love worship. It's a massive topic. Um, so appreciate you guys listening. Uh, like we always say on this podcast, we're praying for you. We hope and pray that you would continue to go out and make and multiply more disciples uh, in your local context. All right, guys, we'll see you next week.